Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Untamed Heritage, the unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle. Delivered in an entertaining and informative fashion, as only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC's Untamed Heritage is brought to you by Dallas Safari Club. Conservation, education, protecting hunters' rights. Hornady, accurate, deadly, dependable. Trigicon, brilliant aiming solutions. Texas-raised hunting products, the scent gods. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, calling his calls made. Double nickel taxidermy, where hunting memories are preserved. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. David Preminger, Texas Wildlife Association, Greg Simons, Texas Wildlife Association Foundation, you know, and what a, what a great opportunity to sit down here this morning. We're at the uh, David Langford Center, the new offices that were built this very recently. I'll just moved in here, what, the last month or two? Yeah, last two months. Last two months. Great building for the Texas Wildlife Association. I thought we'd just kind of sit around this morning and talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with Texas Wildlife Association, but we just came off of a, what I understand, a very successful convention that was, didn't happen. No. No. <laughs> it, it was a virtual it convention. It was. First ever virtual convention for TWA. It was a very interesting uh, concept, but, uh, you know, for us it was a huge success, and, and uh, we worked uh, real well as a team to kind of pull this thing together for a, a week-long event um, this, this past July, early July, and it gave us an opportunity to... Uh, kind of take a step back and look at different ways that we could ed- help educate and reach members from a- across the U.S. That-, that don't have an opportunity to uh, attend the convention. Um, so we got the chance to really think about our private land summits and over education programs and just kind of take those day by day by day and give everybody a little snippet and a little taste of something each day that they could go and look at at any time during the day. It just wasn't a certain time. And it culminated with that Saturday's uh, what we called Saturday Night Live TWA broadcast from here in our 
in our conference room and, and uh, uh, you know, an opportunity to, to uh, raise a lot of good funds for, for the mission of TWA. What, if for somebody that's not familiar with Texas Wildlife Association, how would you describe it? Uh, I would describe it. Uh, that's a good question. Our mission statement is so long, but you know, uh, it is, it's but, uh, but, uh, you know a nonprofit private lands advocacy group that advocates on behalf of private landowner and hunter rights across the state of Texas. And uh, you know, with a variety of programs that we have, you know, there's something for for everyone that would want to become a member or support. You know, if they if they experience the outdoors or head outdoors in any way, whether it's hunting, fishing, camping, and when the state parks, you know, whatever. But I think we have. A spot for them to be a member, and, and we're they're advocating on behalf of their rights at the Capitol um, all year long. So I think it, it gives people a chance to uh, not only learn a little bit about who we are, what we do, and whether they own two acres or two thousand acres, we uh, or own no acres. It's still an opportunity. Or a backyard, yeah, or no acres. That's yeah. right. That's I mean, right. if you own a backyard, you're a landowner as far as I'm concerned. Yes, sir. TWA, this was what our thirty-fifth year. This is the year 35, yep. 35 years. Thanks to Larry Wise and a few others. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and a, and a, and a, and a, a bathroom. <laughs> not a bathroom, a broom closet. By a God. Closet. If the broom closet hadn't been involved, I'm not sure we'd ever gotten to this stage where we are today. The broom closet played very, very important. Very recently, I was with, with uh, David Yates, and he said, uh, we'd like to do a little something for you. And I said, he said, what can we do? I said, you got a, you got a broom closet? And he said, yes, and I I said, if, if y'all ever put my name on anything, I would appreciate it being on the broom closet. Because so. <laughs> that's, really, that's really what led to the, to, the, to the formation of TWA along with the, the cause, of course. But uh, w you mentioned the programs. I know that you've been involved with the Texas Big Game Awards mm -hmm. for a few years. Right. Tell me a little bit about that, and Greg, I want you to follow up on that too. You're as as an outfitter, as a hunter, as a wildlife biologist. How you see the Texas Big Game Awards? But David, tell me a little bit about those, if you don't mind. Yeah, you know, it's kind of an anniversary year. You know, TWA at 35 years. Uh, the Texas Big Game Awards is celebrating its 30th year um, this this fall hunting season, and you know, it was created with our partners at Parks and Wildlife Department as a as a way to. Uh, uh, help manage our state's deer herd and, and figure out the trends that are going across the state to give the Park, Texas Parks and Wildlife a better opportunity to uh, set regulations and, and standards across the state. So it's a the Texas Big Game Awards is a free certificate-based awards program where we recognize hunters and landowners and youth hunters and first-time hunters uh, by letting them receive a certificate of appreciation uh, throughout the hunting season for doing something good for hunting across the state. So. It also gives us a way to promote the $3.6 billion a year hunting industry that we have here in Texas. So, substantial um, industry. Yes, yeah. yes, a very dependent industry for communities across the state. So it's grown by leaps and bounds. Every year we'll average about 1,000 to 1,500 awardees per year, and it gives, uh, gives them an opportunity to, uh, to showcase what good management's doing across the state. Now the state's divided into ecological regions, right? That's correct. Eight ecological regions. Each region has its set minimum uh, net Boone and Crockett scores that uh, that we feel like are, are reachable, um, giving those deer an opportunity to reach the the, uh, the age that they need to and, and help landowners promote and manage their properties the right way. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's free. You don't have to uh, enter before you harvest an animal, just after you harvest an animal and you want to be recognized, you just go to our website and 
and uh, link up with one of our measures across the state. We got over a thousand of them scattered across the state of Texas, and they can help you get you know get all your forms together and mailed in. And you're invited to one of our regional banquets across the state in the spring and summer, and it kind of gives everybody an opportunity to uh, to be recognized and and seen. Greg, how do you view some of this? As again, as a hunter, as an outfitter, sure. and as a landowner, all those other things. Yeah, no, I think David summed it up uh, quite well. Um, the uh, one of the things when I'm visiting with someone about uh, Texas Big Game Awards that I tr- always try to point out is it's not intended to be a big buck contest. It's not intended to be a competition. Uh, rather, it's intended to be a celebration of these you know remarkable animals that are taken annually around Texas. So to me, uh, maintaining that context, uh, I think is important. And, uh, and you and I were talking about uh, this just earlier this morning, uh, during a time when hunters sometimes uh, fail to celebrate the hunt and the harvest um, to the degree that they once did. I think trying to identify ways that we can that we can create a platform for celebration is, is very important. And so I look at uh, Texas Big Game Awards, whether it be me looking at it as a hunter or a, uh, a wildlife biologist, you know, or a volunteer for Texas Wildlife Association. To me, that, that platform for the celebration of the hunt and the animal and, uh, and to also uh, celebrate, uh, you know, the stewardship from those private landowners and, and, and those 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 wildlife managers, um, you know the products of their efforts. Uh, that that's all part of the celebratory experience to to me. So that's that's what uh, um, that's what I kind of get out of it, me personally. Plus the idea that they added Havelin on to the uh, <laughs> list a few years ago makes it even that much better. The Rodney Dangerfield, a big game man. There you go. <laughs> I, I totally agree. Uh, Greg often ref- uh, refers to himself as what is, what is the... Havelin Skinner. Havelin Skinner. I knew I'd get it out I'm, of him, by God. I'm the best Havelin Skinner out there. <laughs> <laughs> <Just. laughs> I've had a lot of titles in the years, but that, that's one thing I've never been called was an excellent Havelin Skinner, although I have skinned my share of them years past. <laughs> you just hang in there. Maybe someday you'll, you'll attain that status. Give me a sharp knife or three. Sharp knife, a pair of gloves, and, yeah. a, and a clothespin that that's you right. over your nose and that's right. kind of <laughs> You have an odiferous meter to measure the... Uh... <laughs> that does not play into how this animal... kind of like a Richter scale. <laughs> kind of Richter scale. It doesn't have anything to do with the, with the score of the... As far as yeah. the big game board is concerned, right. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're a hard animal to judge, I know that. They, they truly are. It's even hard to tell males and females until you get up very close kind of thing. But right. to me, they're one of the really, truly unique animals that we have in Texas and the right. Southwest. And I'm so tickled that we do actually have Havelina. And in, in very respectful herd scattered across the state as well, too. Yeah, and a lot of people, hunters, don't know that, you know, it's a, it's a season. I mean, there's a limit, you know. There so is you, a bag limit, There's yes. a bag limit to Havelina. And in some other states, it's a draw-only deal like right. Arizona, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, and when we're in talks with Boone and Crockett uh, right now still, um, trying to uh, figure out a way to once we start getting our data and some other states data together to, to drum up some support to hopefully make it a, a, a Boone and Crockett animal that can be recognized at some point in the near future. That would be fantastic as far as I'm concerned. I, I think that would be the 
truly the to show the respect for what that little animal really is sure. kind of thing. I'll second that. All in favor say aye. Uh, well, I, okay, we're, we're done. Booty Crockett. This is unanimous. You guys are listening out there, by golly. <laughs> oh, lordy. Uh, you mentioned the the slam a little bit. Tell us mm-hmm. uh, about, uh, or you were maybe we didn't miss it yet, but tell us what what the Texas Slam is as far as the Texas Big Game Awards. Yeah, back in uh, let's see, it had been around mid nineties, ninety four, ninety five or so, right after Big Game Awards was formed. Um, we had a a member and a hunter that um, was you know said, hey, has anybody ever harvested? At that time, the three species that we did recognize, the white-tailed deer, the mule deer, and the pronghorn uh, antelope, all in one season uh, with some kind of special award. So, uh, you know, back then it was called the Texas Mascrande Awards that then became the Texas Big Game Awards. Um, and so our program, we, we added that concept to those hunters that can go out there and harvest all three species meeting our minimum requirements in, in one season. Uh, called it the Texas Slam, and uh, it continued to grow. It's a uh, some years there's zero entries, some years there's there's been upwards of of 24 in one season. It just depends wow. on the habitat yeah. conditions for that year and the right. the hunters that that um, put forth the effort and the landowners that are you know it's kudos to the landowners out there that are doing you know great management of their lands. We've even had hunters that have harvested all three species or four species now that we've added the javelina a couple years ago. Um, on one contiguous ranch. Really? Yeah, in the panhandle of Texas. Yeah. And, yeah, so we've had in some southwest Texas stuff. So, um, you know, you don't have to go out and and chase the biggest south Texas deer. It depends upon where you hunt. You know, you could harvest a 125-inch whitetail and and a 145-inch mule deer. And it's a it's a hard thing to get. I know it, it um, when I did it, I wasn't intending to, but when once you get one down and then you know you already have another one coming it's kind of well i better i better try to make a run at it so it's uh, it's a very unique award it's a very pretty bronze that that we give out now uh, with our our bronze partner and twa director william carrington he's a great artist does he a is, beautiful bronze sculpture of of the texas lamb and we recognize it at our twa convention each and every year so um i know greg had the opportunity to get one as well so um it's a it's a hard thing to chase it is. I've, I've chased it a couple of different yeah. times. <laughs> I know that. Yeah, and failed by, yeah. by, a, by a small little bit. But uh, who knows? I, I may try to chase it again this year if I get the opportunity to hunt the places. You mentioned landowners in all this because this is also a recognition of the landowners as well, too, is it not? It is. You know, you're looking back, you know, honey equals habitat. It's kind of one of our slogans with the program. and. Landowners are doing the right things out there to, to, to put forth the effort to, to make these animals what they are. And, and uh, it, you know, what, what I like to see or, or what makes me happy as well is landowners that really that want to be recognized and they take these certificates. And we get pictures all the time from landowners and, and we'll post them on our social media accounts where they have a wall yes. of opportunity <laughs> to get all the certificates up. And, exactly. it gives them, and as hunters come in, <clears throat> whether they're package hunters or just friends to hunt, they see that and they go, wow, this person is doing something really special here and it gives them an opportunity to, to um, promote the good work that they're doing out there on the land. I'm going to throw this at both of y'all since you're both involved, we're all involved with Texas Wildlife Association and, and other organizations. I'm very much involved with the Dallas Fork Club as well too. And uh, But w- as an organization and as hunters who 
believe in conservation. What do you see as some of the bigger challenges that we have specifically here in Texas that might otherwise also be seen in some of these other areas in, in terms of particularly here in North America? What do you see as the biggest problems we have? You know, from my perspective, um, the the kind of the elephant in the room is just the disconnect that has been created um, in our society over the last few decades. Folks that are growing up in a in an urban environment that uh, that have had no meaningful relationship with the natural world, and uh, and consequently that ends up shaping their their culture and their values and uh and many of those folks just never had an opportunity to to go hunting or fishing and so that that cultural entrenchment that uh, has been created uh, to me that represents a, a big barrier for entry into hunting trying to um trying to access those folks and uh and compel them to want to uh, to go hunting or fishing. Uh, that's a that's a that's a huge barrier to try to overcome. And uh, you know, cost is is can be a consideration. I hear people talking about, well, I no longer hunt because it's too expensive. And um, and indeed, um, you know, especially with big game animals, uh, to hunt on some of these private lands that are that are well managed. Uh, you know, there's there's a there's a huge cost to to taking care of those lands and uh, so to incentivize landowners to do that they, they need to be able to charge for that uh, that opportunity and uh, and it sometimes comes with a pretty big price tag but but it's really a matter of priorities if folks feel like hunting is is going to be a priority to them they're going to figure out a way to afford to to go hunting and uh, so i think that gets back to to just this barrier of uh, of living in a world where our culture has been uh, shaped by separation uh, regarding our natural world, and, and part part of that is you know is lack of um, of, of hunting experience to, to help shape some of that. Interesting. I, and I want to get this from David as well, too, just a little bit. But interesting, if you look at what the average quote unquote hunter spends today, as compared to in like the nineteen sixties. And then you look at the income that they had in the 1960s as compared to right now. And what the figures I've seen, that percentage is very, very close to what it was many, many years ago uh, when the average income was $3,000 right. as opposed to 50, 60, 70,000, 20, whatever it is. Right. Uh, so if you take that same percentage and parlay it to today's salaries, that percentage had changed a whole lot, right. but the dollar figure has. And so a lot sure. of people look at, oh my God, it's, it's so many dollars. Well, if you look at it percentage to what their grandfather spent, right. that percentage hadn't changed any at all. Right. Yeah. No, it's a good, good point. And yeah. two, before we get to David, it is so very often these days when we hear of hunting, most people think of a big game. They think of white-tailed deer. They think of mule deer, elk, all these kind of things. I bet that each one of us in here started out hunting squirrels, hunting rabbits, ducks, doves, all those kind of things. We hunted deer when I was growing up to start with. 
But we didn't have any deer to speak of, you know, not like we have the opportunities we have these days. So hunting to me means goes much farther beyond the big game thing. David, what having, again, you two, all three of us are wildlife biologists, and we have a perspective a little bit differently maybe compared to somebody that doesn't have the the, the background in wildlife uh, management. But what what do you see are some of the biggest problems? You know, I I think Greg really hit the nail on the head, and and it made me think of... (laughs) Now that you said what you just said, it, it, it we, you know this coming this fall, <clears throat> TWA has launched an initiative. We're going to have an uh, initiative called the H2 Initiative. It's called the Hunting Heritage Initiative, and and what we're doing with that is is creating, <clears throat> helping to push people who are looking for an opportunity to experience the outdoors for the first time in a mentored process. So whether it's camping, whether it's fishing, whether it's hunting. That's something that we, our adult mentored hunting program has been around three or four years, but this fall we're really gonna try to push strong uh, <clears throat> with some, hopefully some sponsorship support and backing, but we've got the programs within TWA to get people outdoors to experience for the first time in a positive mentored manner, whether it's as an adult or as a youth. We've got the Texas Youth Hunting Program and we have our adult mentored hunting program. And uh, those are gonna be two things that that the youth hunting program obviously has been around for many years, but uh, giving adults the opportunity, you kind of lose that disconnect for people that may hunt through their teens and youth, and then as they get into college, they kind of do their thing, and then all of a sudden you'll see them come back into it in their late 20s and 30s. So we've kind of created an opportunity to take those people out and working with different partners, whether it's DSC or whoever, to try to get them, you know, people out there and give them an opportunity to experience the outdoors, um, stewards of the wild as well with Parks and Wildlife Foundation. So we're looking, um, we're really looking to expand on that this fall and into uh, into next year. So it's not going to be just a hunting season deal; it could be a year-round deal. So right. we're excited to uh, to launch that initiative. <clears throat> excuse me, and, and get that rolling. Yeah, no, that's such a great point. And um, again, when you and I were talking earlier this morning, talking about the kind of the three R's that interact with uh, the future of hunting, you know, recruitment, retention, and reactivation. To me, that reactivation is just as important as the recruitment. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have a lot of folks that may have hunted very, very lightly uh, in their life and then, you know, cycled out for whatever reason or someone that hunted for many years and cycled out for various reasons. But one of the neat things about that that pool of people right there, they've had a taste of it already. And so to reactivate their interest uh, is probably a bit easier step at, um, as opposed to you know folks that are adults that have never hunted trying to figure out how to recruit them into the hunting world so that reactivation part I think is is a very fertile pool that you know historically we've we've overlooked and uh, so I think it's it's neat the uh, the R2 initiative <coughs> you just described is is, um, is is in some ways targeting that uh, that part of our population. Yeah, and we're seeing it as well, just with the the new hunters. The you know this whole locavore movement that's going on across the globe is 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 huge, and we're seeing our events. We've got <clears throat> two or three events across the state when our our what we call our hunt to table events that give people an opportunity to uh, experience you know the <clears throat> the fork to to feel the field to plate kind of experience and eat wild game and and understand a little bit about the outdoors and in a in a great outdoor setting at a farm somewhere across Texas, and those things sell out in two weeks. And those so people, oh, oh, word just needs to get out. Yeah, word just needs to get out. And and 
and uh, you know we're you know hopefully with once this COVID thing kind of gets through, we can we can get out and do more and more events across the state of Texas like that. But it gives those people an opportunity to learn a little message about who we are and what we do for for the outdoors, and it gives them an opportunity to understand where their food's coming from, and uh, and then from there <clears throat> they kind of get into that mentored hunting, you know, try to go on their first experience, and, and then from there grow and grow and grow. You mentioned the, the field of fork, field of table, whatever. Um, we have had this program now in Texas for a while. And Greg, you've been involved. You, you're starting to become involved kind of indirectly with the Quality Deer Management Association. They have a similar program, mm-hmm. too, but that is set up to where it can go in, in all the different states as well. Yeah. And so I, I, I applaud what we've been able to do here in Texas and so many things that we do here in Texas get things started and then people start going, oh my God, look what they're done kind of right. thing. And I think that's kind of what's going on right now. But one of the things I was busy with Greg earlier too is, is uh, I spent some time with the folks at Ruger this week and uh, they were telling me their gun sales have been unbelievable. Their, their stock, it's a publicly traded stock. It's never been as high as what it is right now. But their thoughts are that so many of these people that are buying guns because of the local war movement, now these people have guns, and they have guns, a lot of them are buying guns that are capable and proper to use for hunting. And that's one of the things that they see moving in the future is connecting a little bit more with that field of fork kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And to me, if, if companies like Ruger and, and Hornady and, and uh, some of the other companies that we deal with on a regular basis, I think if they'll get behind this a little bit, and particularly with what we kind of set up here in Texas, and I love this adult mm-hmm. program that you're talking about, because to right. me, I don't care how old you are, I want sure. you hunting. You know, mm-hmm. if you're you be two year old, that's great. If you're 102 and you want right. to go hunting, by God, I think we ought to be able to get right. out, get you out there. But I really think with with this kind of movement, what you're talking about, we're going to see. Uh, we've already seen a little bit of increase in hunting license during the springtime for people hunting turkeys in a lot of the turkey hunting states. Fishing license sales are way up right now, and sale of fishing equipment is way up. And I think as we go into the fall, you'll start seeing hunting supplies go way up too. So I applaud TWA for what they're doing with that program, and hopefully it will serve as a uh, an example for these other states. I know that a lot of other states have looked at TWA and gone, We'd be doing this in our state. And so some of those things are happening in the other states, and it's kind of started right here with, with TWA. Yeah, and, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, with Texas being 97 96% privately owned, a lot of the people out there still think, well, I have no access to land. And we have in Texas over a little over 1 million acres of, of public land right. with right. access to, and it's a very easy process to be able to get out there and enjoy the state parks or the public land. Um, what we think about our hunting heritage initiative with adult mentored hunting where the youth is a little more uh, stringent and you've got activities and a lot of stuff like that going on throughout your your hunt when you go on a hunt we try to keep our our adult hunts a little more laid back you know enjoy the campfire talk um have a great mentored experience get out there and hunt a little bit if you want to just relax which is a huge part of hunting as far as i'm concerned exactly and again we can come back to the fact that yeah hunting means hunting squirrels Mm -hmm. hunting rabbits Yep. Uh, ducks, doves, 
turkeys, I mean, quail, all those kind of, there, there are many, many uh, opportunities to experience that kind of hunting right. where maybe not everybody is designed to go out and try to yeah. shoot a Boone and Crockett right. whitetail well, or something. We do a lot of hog like hunts throughout the year. Or hogs. Yeah. I mean, my gracious. Right. Thank, and Havelina. And Havelina. Well <laughs> That's right. Don't forget yeah. to look at that. <laughs> now I think that if you could sketch it out on paper how <laughs> ideally people uh, segue into hunting and then kind of uh, evolve over time in terms of uh, developing their 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 appetite for for hunting as a as a lifetime uh, you know uh, opportunity you know starting them off with small game I think there's a lot of merit to that and, I, and we've kind of grown away from that uh, these days a lot of times people's first hunt is, is a big game animal right. and, and that's okay too Absolutely. It but is. To, to really develop that appetite in a progressive way starting off with with rabbits and squirrels and then moving up to, to doves and waterfowl and then big game you know and then quality big game i think that if you could sketch it out on paper what would be most ideal in terms of that progressive appetite it would be to 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 do that and uh but you know as we all know uh, in recent over the last few decades the emphasis on small game at least here in Texas, and I think in other states as well, um, has uh, has been lost to, to, to some degree. It, and, it uh, has. I mean, my me. earliest memories and some of my <laughs> fondest memories as a hunter were, you know, going out my back door into the pasture with a twenty-two or a pellet gun and, and, and shooting rabbits and squirrels and, and most anything else that, <laughs> that was within shooting distance of pellet gun, but. Uh, so I, I'd love to see our hunting community and the leadership and the NGOs, um, I'd love to see us figure out a way to where we can go back to reemphasize the importance and the, and, and, and the, and the affordable opportunities of, of small game hunting. And rabbits are good to eat, and squirrels are good to eat, and all the game birds are delicious to eat as well, too. And, and you know, the cool thing to me about, about squirrel hunting and rabbit hunting and dove hunting and even waterfowl is that, you know, there is that social atmosphere that you it's, it's not one like, gotta be, i got to be so quiet, you know, right. I can't move, I can't do this. And you can get several people together and have an absolute great time hunting practice good gun safety of course but absolute great time of hunting when the hunt's over with you can cook that food up right there on the spot if you yeah. want to yeah. and and truly enjoy that and then sit around the campfire with a cup of coffee or yeah. some safe water and, mm -hmm. and and sit there and recall the hunt and tell yeah. a few stories kind yeah. of thing which again to me is a big part of that hunt and it comes back to what Greg and I were talking about in another podcast and we've talked about here is that celebration of the hunt. That's right. To, and to me, that's a way of, of showing respect to the animal, mm -hmm. respect to the land, and respect to your fellow hunters and right. the great uh, field yeah. of hunting as well, too. Yeah, and that's why we enjoy our adult mentored hunt so, you know, so much that we, <clears throat> if we have the opportunity to harvest an animal while we're there, we show them how to process that game. Um, we, we take some meat from that game and, and make a great meal for them to kind of showcase how that how that works. And <clears throat> we tell them, you know, hey, you don't have to have, you know, you don't need the, the big hunting gear and the backpacks. You don't even need the, the firearms. We, we supply, we can supply almost all that. And it just, you know, come out and <clears throat> let us just spend a great weekend with you or three or four days during the week and, and um, showcase what the Texas Outdoors has to offer. 
since you started this, tell me about, you talked about mentors in this mm-hmm. situation. Okay, let's talk about mentors a little bit, and then let's come back to the fact that, okay, somebody hears this or somebody hears this and they're thinking about, man, I really need to talk so-and-so because mm-hmm. this may be an opportunity for them. How do they get into it? Let's talk about the mentor program first on the adult side. Uh, there's a lot of very export experienced outdoorsmen out there, and they're willing to give their time and their efforts. How would they go about getting involved with this program? That's a great question. You know, with us, it's going to our our website or just contacting us at TWA. You know, whether it's shooting us an email or or uh, we have a. a an email just straight here to TWA just for asking for information. Um, we have staff that are dedicated to Brian Jones on our staff as our, our lead when it comes to our adult mentored hunting program. Uh, we can contact him here at our office or, or shoot him an email. And what we do is try to keep a list of, excuse me, of people that are, you know, want to experience or get more information on it. And right. we, have, we have a packet that we can send to them that kind of tells them how it works and what happens and how they get drawn and, you know, the fees associated if we do have some fees at all. But, uh, um, you know, it's all in, you know, we got so many landowners that have opened their gates, thankfully to us, to, to allow them to do that. And, you know, it's rounding up our, our certified hunt masters that we have that help us in our youth program, but also can help us in our adult program as well, To uh, And we keep them small. You know, those hunts are, are three to five people max, Perfect. and they, yeah. they may bring a spouse or a friend with them that right. wants to experience the opportunity as well, just to kind of see it. And uh, <clears throat> sometimes it's tent camping on the on the you know, Batagorda Bay down there with uh, with the powder horn and and, and chasing hogs and axes deer oh and all goodness. that, or it's you know staying in a really nice camp somewhere across the state of Texas and and you know having the opportunity to uh, to visit with those people you know throughout the day is, is so rewarding to me to to be able to have some. I remember my last hunt, I had a, <clears throat> a young man from College Station. <clears throat> excuse me, I was wanting to just get back into hunting, and he'd right. been when he was little and. Uh, you know, it was just great to to be able to talk to him and, and especially spend time, you know, in a box blind um, or back at camp throughout the day. Just kind of, you know, they love to pick pick our brains. I love to pick their brains. Learn absolutely, yeah. About what it is that they, they that they enjoy. So, and they're really surprised of how good wild game tastes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's very easy. You know, it's just simple recipes, and and uh, there's a variety of ways to do that. And we like to give everybody an opportunity to try that. And that, too, would be a good way to get in touch, not only as a men- somebody to be a mentor, but also as far as somebody who might be interested in the program. Correct, yeah. If somebody wants to just, would like to help us and be a mentor and join us as a, as a volunteer, and we're definitely looking for those people as well. And, and uh, you know, feel free to give us a call here at TWA or, or visit with Brian Jones or myself, and we can definitely get them in line to... Uh, within the program to get it going once we can get back into the field. So Exactly, which hopefully yeah. won't be before too very long. Right. Uh, any particular phone number that they should call, and then let's give them the website as well, sure. too, so they, I'm sure the number is there as well, too. Yeah, yeah. Texas-wildlife.org is our TWA uh, uh, website. Um, our phone number is just 800-TEX-WILD uh, or 800-839-9453. Or eight hundred text T E X W I I L W I L D. Correct. Yeah. Eight hundred text wild. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And we hope to continue to expand on it. You know, year after year. You know, we may be able to just get, you know, five quality hunts out there. We 
I know, you know, this past year, I think we did three within TWA, and then we worked with our partners at Stewards of the Wild, and we did four or five with them. So right. the more partners we can work with, you know, QDMA as well, we've done one with them right. this past year. So it, uh, it continues to grow once we get our partners going. And the more partners we get, the, the, the better we expand our Right, message. the greater the program is. <clears throat> right. I like that. I really do. T- to me, we have so many great opportunities through Texas Wildlife Association, Dallas Safari Club, mm-hmm. Houston Safari Club, bunch of yep. the, bunch of the organizations, Quality Deer Management Association, yep. uh, the through the, our our game department to to do things together, yep. and if we're going to have an effect long term, mm-hmm. overall, it's gonna it's a team effort to Definitely. me. It, it's, we've all got to combine, and, and if there are any egos involved, you need to leave those at the door that's right you know at my house when you come in the house if you don't take your hat off when you walk in the house my wife will take it off for you so maybe i need to have her at the station at the door so you got an ego right grab yeah. that ego and hang it on the door before you get in kind of thing yes sir yeah and i do i think that's that's a good point um you know as 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 nonprofits and ngos go the hunting community is, is has done a quite good job in terms of uh being able to form up various conservation groups that are active and raise a lot of money and offer some neat programs. But at the same time, we've failed in a big way to try to figure out how to cross-pollinate between those different groups. And uh, we tend to want to operate within our own silo, and, and, and we're, we're, we're territorial about that to some degree. So um, the next big step is, is to for those organizations to, to indeed check their ego at the door right. and figure out ways to work together collectively to create synergies and strength, whether it be public policy work or education or actual you know, involvement, getting you know, people out into these uh, outdoor areas. Um, you know, we are, we're, we're failing on that front, trying to figure out how to mesh these different NGOs together collectively and work together uh, in, a, in, a, in a stronger way. One of the things I'm real proud about with the DSC, DSC has started, and primarily with Corey Mason, who mm-hmm. previously was with the game department here in Texas, but through Corey and, and the board of directors, now some of the directors <coughs> we have on the DSC Foundation thing, we're starting to do a lot of those things to where we go, hey, we, we may not agree on this and this, but we agree on this. Okay, and in some instances, we've even gone after some of the the organizations that are have not truly supported hunting. They haven't been anti-hunting, but uh, to me, there's a lot of common ground there. And within these organizations, whether it's a species organization or uh, a, a more general type of organization involved in conservation, the more we can work together, the greater effect we're going to have for the good of all. Absolutely. You're on it. Let's hope we can continue doing that because we need to. If not, we're, you know, the the opposite of that is is really bad as far as I'm concerned. We're signing our own death wish if we don't do that. I I, I totally agree. And I'm hoping that as we move forward, you know, DSC and particularly Texas Wildlife Association here in Texas can work more closely together on on several things. to, again, it's, it's for the benefit of wildlife. It's been for the benefit of the people. And so the more that we can do that, better it's going to be. Uh, what, what, what are the biggest problems? And we maybe we've talked about this again, but uh, what do you see that we need to try to be involved in, 
particularly here in Texas, and that parlays again to a lot of the other states. What is, is there any big movement that we need to be in, be involved in outside of what we're talking about, the very positive? And I really want to talk about the positive side more than the negative mm-hmm. type of thing. But uh, let's go back to the, the, the adult men, uh, mentorship and that program. Uh, do you think any of the other states are, are doing some of this kind of thing, or have you had any contact with those folks? We have. I know that um, you know different within you know. Take the you can take the youth hunting program as well. I mean, it's, right. it's expanded across the you know other states have picked it up. Mexico, Colorado, Florida, uh, Montana. We're just starting to meet with Montana on that kind of stuff. And Good. I think as as we continue to fine tune the adult mentor programs, I think we'll be able to uh, to expand that out and work and learn from others that are doing doing their types of events out there across the U.S. as well. I like where all this is headed. I appreciate what everything being done by TWA, and, and hopefully more states will pick up on some of these ideas. I know that there have been talk with some of the other states of just what you're mentioning, and hopefully there will be more states that kind of come on board and say, wait a minute, this is something that we can do as well, too. Right. And uh, I know that TWA will be more than happy to provide whatever information they yeah. can yeah. To, uh, to make that happen in those mm-hmm. states. Anything else you'd like to add about TWA before we shut this thing down for the morning? Yeah, join, join, the, uh, join the cause. You know, We're always looking for more members. The, the more members we have, the stronger our voice, whether it's in Austin at that pink granite capitol building up there or <laughs> or anywhere else across the state um you know we're uh, we're only as strong as our membership is so that's exactly right and we'd love for every member that everybody that can be a member in twa and here in texas to be a member but it's also open to other states is it not? oh absolutely and you know i you know i hate i, I say when our magazine we put out a monthly Full color magazine that's magazine. you know twelve times a year to our membership, and you'd be amazed how when we when you were talking about the small game hunting, those are probably more of the articles I enjoy reading is learning about the squirrel hunting that Henry Chappelle's talking about, or or any of the other small game stuff that we like to write about throughout the year. It's fun to see you know you get across the board habitat articles and pond management and guns and outdoors and and. Uh, advocacy work so you get a uh, we our team works really hard to put together a top-notch magazine and we feel that's a great opportunity for those that join TWA it's going to be one of their biggest um, loves that they'll have is getting that magazine whether it's in the mail or online because a lot of people now are reading their magazine online right you know feel free to join us as an online member and get it emailed to you every month or you like the hard copy like myself you know you you yeah, I still kind of like the hard copy. I appreciate being able to look at it on my computer, but right. the hard copy, I, I truly appreciate. And I appreciate the photography that's there. Uh, that publication, even if it didn't have all the great words that are in it as far as uh, conservation and what you as an individual can do in a lot of different instances, the photography of the wildlife and the, the habitat is, again, yeah. second to none. Yeah, thank you. It's It's, it's a... It's a work in progress, but we continue to build on it, make it better and better each and every month. We try. So. Yeah, no, no question about it. Well, I think we're going to have to try to close this thing down. All of us have got a place we need to be. I want to thank everybody for being with us this morning, David. Thank you for being here, Thanks, Greg. Thank you, and 
to both of y'all. Thank you for everything that you've done through uh, TWA and, and as individuals as well, too, for conservation and wildlife. Really appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks thank for what for, you do. Yeah, thank you for starting. <coughs> yeah, you started. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, Murphy, yeah, and Gary, it's, it's, it's all your fault. Murphy, right, it's all your fault. And, yep. and it, it did kind of get started because of a, a broom closet. So yep. one of these days I'll, I'll tell that story. But, again, thank you all so very much for joining us today and look forward to having everybody back with us again next week right here on DSC's Untamed Heritage. DSC's Untamed Heritage is also brought to you by Texas Wildlife Association. Working for tomorrow's wildlife today. Wildlife Systems. Serving hunters and landowners since 1987. Kenetrek Boots. For the trail less traveled. Ruger. Rugged, reliable firearms. Pyramid Air. Your one stop for everything air gun. 